B-Cinema Talks with your hosts Tina Desiree Berg and Jason LaCory. Okay. We are ready to go. Okay, first I wanted to ask you regarding your comic books. Um, will your comics include adaptations of the Edgar Allan Poe films? At the moment, we don't plan to do that. The idea of Cosmic Comics is to have a standalone comic book company because I've always wanted to have one because I think there are certain similarities between motion pictures and comic books. Right. In addition, uh, I've been burned twice on trying to do films from comic book characters. I had to write an option from Spider-Man. I was going to make it for Orion and Orion because of internal mistakes got a key date and let the lot the option lapse and we lost the project. Oh no. And then I actually produced with Bernd Bernd Eichinger, mm -hmm. a German producer, who did Das Boots and a number of other big pictures, uh, a fantastic book. It's done, right in yeah, the can. And it will not be released at least in the near future. Here's what happened. Bert had wanted to make it for about 
forty million dollars, and he had an option which stated that he had to start shooting by December thirty-first of that year. I think it was two years okay. ago, or he would lose his option. So he came to me in September and said, "I couldn't, I couldn't raise the forty million dollars, but I will lose my option." We've got a script. Take this script, and what could you make it for at the studio? And I'll go into partnership. John, we eliminated a few things that were obviously too expensive, but not too many. And we made it, and we did indeed. And I said I could make the picture for a million four hundred thousand. Right there, you so go. So we cut it from forty million to a million four hundred thousand, and we made it. That's great. And the picture was very good. And we've been moving a little bit away from theatrical distribution recently because the market is so tough for yeah. low-budget films, yeah, and we've been concentrating on home video and cable and all the rest right, of it. Right, right. This picture really looked good. We were not agreed that we would try theatrical, and we were looking forward to getting back full-time sure. theatrical, where we only have limited theatrical releases now. Right. Meanwhile, Bert had an option where he could give me all my money back. We had 90 days after the picture was complete. He said if you could shop it to a major studio, he would pay all my expenses, give me a very heavy producer's fee, mm -hmm. all interest on my money, and pay me a half a million dollar bonus and buy me out. He did that. So I figured, well, okay. I wanted to release the film, but when you put it all together, we made maybe three quarters of a million dollars because it cost right. legitimately cost. So I figured, okay, that's a good price on the film. And what happened, he had made his $40 million deal with 20th Century Fox. So they just wrote a million, and now with my money, they wrote $2 million into the 20th Century Fox $40 million picture. Put this one on the shelf, and they're and redoing it. He's, and they will remake oh, no. <laughs> for forty million. But then this may be released after the forty, 40 million dollars as release. a prequel or a sequel or something like Isn't that. Isn't that silly? So I figured that's okay, unbelievable. Uh, I got my share, my profits out of it, and I thought that was fine. And I thought here are two comic book pictures that I wanted to make, and I've lost them both. And I thought, if I have my own comic book company, there really can be a synergy here. I can sure. take some of my motion pictures and make them in the comic books, right. and I can create comic book characters and make and the ones that are more successful make it into pictures. Make into pictures, right? And that essentially is what is happening with cosmic comics. Now, from the standpoint of Sam Patel, uh, we did. Uh, we did two comic books, both of which will be motion pictures. Oh, okay. We did Bram Stoker's Burial of the Rats right. as a comic book. Here begins the story of a terror ages old, yet forever new. From the dark genius that brought you Dracula comes Bram Stoker's horrifying masterpiece, Burial of the Rats. Beyond the nightmares of mortal men lies a secret about to be awakened from the bowels of the earth. A young man cursed by an evil spell is seduced by a stunning yet fatal beauty. I won't give up the search for my son.
as their two worlds collide, they battle the unspeakable horror of Bram Stoker's Burial of the Rats. Right. Actually, they sent one over to me. They look really good. And we've just done it as a motion picture also. Oh, that's great. And we've done HT 3000. We right. have a picture called HT. Prison as a place of punishment. Pig. Caged heat. Enter the female jungle of women's prison, USA. A seething hell of steel and stone where bodies behind bars ache with hunger for a man, any man. Where caged passions ignite in carnal confinement and explode into violence. We have a violent sorority here. And very strong ways of dealing with it. You're in a house of desperate women here. And a long, long way from home. Must explode. About to get it, eh? Oh. I'm gonna knock your pretty little teeth so far on your thirds you're gonna get a picket fence around your asshole. I'm pretty good at this. Behind walls of concrete desire, women who live to kill now kill to live. Getting in was easy. Getting out was murder. It's breaking out of here, Belle. Crazy, honey. What's yours? Bernice. Two choices, Bernice. Do what we say starting now, or say goodbye to the world. Uh, I'll take the first. Raised by carnal confinement, ripped by prison pigs, torn by penal passions. Women without men in the cruelest bondage of all. If you could get in, they'd let you do anything. Caged heat, heat, rated, rated, rated. We did it. We did. We ran a piece on that, didn't we? I think on caged heat. I think I yeah. yeah. Now we decided to do another one, but put it in the future. Caged heat, three thousand. We thought let's make a comic book of this. That'd be perfect. So yeah. uh, the comic book of Caged Heat three thousand comes out in November. Okay. And the picture comes out. On home video in December. Perfect. So that's the life at a type of time we're looking for. 
Perfect. Meanwhile, I've just done a group of pictures for Showtime. Right. I have some questions on that, too. The Roger Corman Presents. Speaking of which, I'm curious to know um, why a second remake of Not of This Earth? You already remade it once. Why a third film on that? I'm very Diabolical kind. Thirteen. Maybe more. He's looking for only one thing. Blood. Human victims for human blood. Experiment in horror to satisfy a desperate need never before known. A need that was not of this earth. space he came to destroy the people of this planet, leaving in his path of doom a trail of terror. He's going to kill me! Stay there, I'm on my way. I can't stay! Okay, they said they wanted to remake some of my old films, which okay. are fine, uh, but that most of them would be new films. And these okay. are fine, we know it was going to science fiction and horror, right. and they gave me the list of the ones they wanted to remake, and yeah, on it was not a dessert. Okay. I said, but I've already remade, remade that. <laughs> I said, we don't care. Do it again. Let's, let's go for a third, third time. time. Okay. Now, surprisingly enough, the third not of this earth so far has gotten the highest ratings of any, I think they've released nine out of the 13, and the highest ratings Isn't that interesting? were not, was, uh, not, not a good so That's maybe very interesting. Well, who knows what? Isn't that wild? Do you think it would be something new? Well, the second highest is something called Black Scorpion. Once upon a time, there was a scorpion. This particular scorpion wanted to get across the river, but she couldn't swim. So she asked a frog for a ride. Wasn't the frog scared of oh, her? He was scared, all right, but she promised that she wouldn't sting him. So they got about halfway across, and then he felt like a burning shot through his back. And he said, oh, my, why did you do that? Now we're both doomed to die. And what did the scorpion say? She said I had to. It's in my nature. Officer? Mr. Aldridge, you know my father, Lieutenant Walker. Lieutenant! When Darcy's father is brutally murdered, her search for justice drives her outside the law. Why did you do it? You assaulted the district attorney. He killed my father. I'm gonna need your badge and your gun. I'm a good cop. You were a good cop. And away from her trusted partner. What is your problem? Well, maybe there's another you that you don't know about. Transformed by a childhood memory. Mind if I drop in? She was all dressed in black. Where did she come from? She had this long braid, like a tail, like a scorpion. 
she swears to fight crime. Mass Marauder saved Mayor. Keeping her deadly nature a secret. You going after her? She killed somebody. All I'm saying is that justice was done. Not yet. I gotta catch her first. I release the deadly gas into the air. Fighting for justice her own way. Let me end your misery. With a streetwise accomplice. Going my way. And a full-blown street rod. Modified. What happened to my car? Customized. Computer, activate the oil gun. And morphinized. I find it works better if you say yo. Yo. Not even her partner suspects that the woman he loves... Tars, you're a great cop. You're no black scorpion. ...is the sensuous scorpion he desires. She's ready for action. If the cops don't get her first... He wants this whacked out broad behind bars. And so do I. The Black Scorpion. Let's go. Did you really think you could win, Black Scorpion? Looks like the gang's all here. Feel the sting of the Black Scorpion. It's in my nature. Okay. With Joan Severance. Oh, great. Best described as a female Batman. That's great. Takes place in Angel City. Love it. In the Love near it. future. And she drives the Scorpion Mobile. The Scorpion. <laughs> that's great. That's and great. That's gotten the second highest rating. I admit that the ratings were so close, you could really say they tied. They tied. They tied for first. We're not of this earth and Black Scorpion. So, as a result, we are going to, in 96, uh -huh. we're working now on uh, the comic book characters for 96. Okay, and you're going to do Black Scorpion? Definitely Absolutely. Black Scorpion will be there. Absolutely. You know, that was one of my questions, too. Will there be a comic based on? But I, for some reason, Bill George said it was Black Widow, but it's Black no, Scorpion, Black huh? Scorpion. Oh, that's good Black, to know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So no comics on the Poe movies. Did, was it, when you originally reached those films, was there a corresponding... Comic no, at the but time, at or? that time, we had tie-ins with paperback, the novelizations, which okay. is a strange way for the media to work. Right. Paul wrote all of these stories right. as short stories. I then adapted them from the short stories to a screenplay. Right. A novelist was brought in to adapt Dumped the screenplay to back a novel back into prose where it had started, except as a full-length novel and short story. Those three, uh, the Mask of Red Death, I can't remember what the other one was. was the Telltale Heart, those oh, were my yeah, two, when, yeah. I was, uh, when I was young, when I was 13, 14, those were my two favorite stories. Uh, yeah. You should do a Telltale Heart, that's a great one. Yeah. Do you remember that one with the heart, he buries under the, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, okay, can you give us a behind-the-scenes commentary on the death race? and Little Shop of Horrors, and the reason that you pick those for the comic okay. series? I didn't actually pick them myself. Oh, you I didn't? I left okay. it to our people in the comic book company as to which ones they, they wanted talk to, to me about okay. it. And they liked Death Race, and I thought yeah. that was a good one to go with. Yeah. The year 2000. America is a vast speedway. People line the streets to witness the greatest drivers on Earth in a race from sea to shining sea. This is a death race. You finish first, or not at all. Death Race 2000. Every car a deadly weapon. Every spectator a potential point. It's a cross-country road wreck, and the traffic is murder. 
are you anyway? Best driver on earth. I don't want you to die. He was built by the world's finest surgeons to drive the fastest car ever designed, and nothing can stop him now. Death Race 2000, rated R. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I suggested was we couldn't call it Death Race 2000 because now we're too close to the year right. 2000. Because <laughs> we made it <laughs> in 1970, right. so therefore Death Race 2020. And Little Shop of Horrors is always just kind of oh, a little great. cult favorite, oh, so yeah. uh, we agree with you that. Love Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, take it easy, Dracula. What do you think I'm carrying here, my dirty laundry? Where a man-eating talking plant gives homicide something to think about. And I didn't do it. Do what? Whatever. Ever see this man? Man, see picture. Why are you so nervous? <laughs> Boy, you kiss good, Audrey. Oh, I guess I just have a good kisser. Now you will do as I say. Yes, Master. You will go out and find me some food. Yes, Master. What's the matter? Don't you like me? Too bony. Too bony? Nobody ever told me that before. Beef is better than veal. Ah. You're such a dodo. What do you call this? Chopped liver? So now that one is going to be in a, a series, right? Not just one comic? Yes, all of them are three issues. Three issues, series. Okay. And we will then see what comes back. Uh, to run as more, we haven't yet okay. decided which is the most successful. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Great idea. Okay, can I ask you a few questions on censorship? Sure. Are you open for that? Okay. Yes. Um, speaking of Little Shop of Horrors, I know that when that film was originally released, that you had some problems with um, people accusing it of being anti-Semitic. Yes. And that um, Mel Wells, I have a quote from her where he says, Little Shop didn't sell for a year because most of the theatrical owners in the independent circuit were Jewish, and there was da -da -da, a feeling that this was anti-Semitic. That's not totally How, correct. It's not Mel totally correct. is somewhere okay. near the facts. Okay. Some people, we thought it was just a funny joke. Oh, I thought some it was hysterical. I loved it. Some people, and Mel is Jewish, so let's know. Right, he, yeah. He played the character just because he thought it would be funny, and I thought it would be funny, too. And it was funny. <laughs> one of the best things Mel ever did. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of theater owners commented, or a couple of people commented, that theater owners might not play. But the fact okay. of the matter is, it was one of those non-existent problems. Okay. Where after we had made the picture, somebody said, wait a minute, we might have a problem here. Right. But the problem actually never arose. Never arose. So this is all major kind of yeah, false publicity kind of a thing. It wasn't even false publicity. It was somebody in distribution, because we distributed through AIP, somebody right. in distribution said, we might have a problem with this picture. 
Well, I took it seriously too, as did Mel and everybody else. Because frankly, it had never occurred to us. Yeah. And suddenly, we thought, wait a minute, we've done the whole picture. Nobody's even considered this. Will this happen? But then it turned out uh, okay. that it didn't happen. Great. Okay, great. So that's that's good. Okay, and um, the film The Intruder. This man, take a good look at him. He's a specialist. He knows exactly how to turn this quiet town into a hell of violence. The Negroes will literally, and I do mean literally, control the South. They are willing to fight down to the last ditch and keep fighting till this thing is over. The Intruder. He made the sleepy town of Caxton his town for his reason. He played on their fears and their hatreds. This town became a headline for the intruder. He brought an end to innocence. He exploited a woman's weakness. He turned neighbor against neighbor. How come you walk that bunch of black niggers to our white school? I don't see anything I do is any business of yours. And sooner or later, it would happen. He would make it happen. Over here. You're alone with a white girl in the basement of the school. But you didn't try to do anything. Is that what you expect us to believe, nigger? What's the Another film that you did that deals with racial issues. Uh, yeah. Was there any censorship involved with that because of the racial issues? There or? was no censorship, but I think the general tenor of the country was such that not that many people wanted to see. Right. Specifically, that I was dealing with a problem that was too too close to reality. Right. And people didn't want to know. Yeah, it's just that. And what you said is actually a better way of putting it. I hear you. People didn't want to know. Um, as far as any posters on any of the films you've um, either made or produced or you know directed, did you ever have a problem with any of your print ads or your posters where people were offended by anything on them or you had to change them or that you can recall? I don't remember. Um, no, I, we had to do this. We had to modify a couple of TV spots. Oh, okay. I don't think we ever had a okay. problem with newspapers. Our problem was several times with TV spots, right. and we did make two types of TV spots. Mm -hmm. One with, on several pictures. I think the, the big dollhouse, a okay. woman in prison picture was one of them. Women locked behind walls of concrete and steel, guarded by barbed wire and guns in a tropical hell. They call it the Big Dollhouse. 
Meet the girls of the big dollhouse. Well, you don't look like a hardened criminal to me. They're young, they're beautiful, and they're killers. You want the real Missoula, Harry? You just have it. There's nothing they wouldn't do for a man or to him. You won't die from this bullet, Harry, but you'll wish you had. never been a motion picture like The Big Dollhouse. Where it was a great surprise, it was turned down by a few stations. Oh. But then it was accepted by the same stations late at night. Right. We won't play it at the time you want. But we'll play it later. We'll play it later. And what we did very quickly we immediately made a slightly softer spot, and we just told everybody, try to get this part of the first part, and yeah. if they won't take that, then take this, and then play, have a mix of the right. softer earlier in the evening and the harder one later at night. Right, okay. And then they went for that? Yeah. They were fine with that? Okay, that's Once good. We did that, we never had any more problems. That's great. Okay, I am curious to know, also, as far as CD-ROM and interactive media, do you foresee yourself becoming involved in that? Yes. In the future? We have a plan to we expand. Uh, we're starting a studio in Iowa. I can't announce it. Okay. Yet, uh, because the uh, contracts are being a subsidy from the Irish government. Oh, interesting. Not signed, but we're very close That's great. to making a deal. So we'll have our studio here in Los Angeles. We expect to be working with another studio in Ireland. We're starting to comedy book company. Great. And our next step will be doing the CD-ROM. CD-ROM, right. So, I, yeah, I was thinking that maybe some of the older films, the sci-fi films, would make some great games. Yes. Some interactive and games. What we want to do, we don't want to plunge in uh, expanding too fast. I hear you. That's probably 96. 96, okay. All right, I was curious about that. Um, along that lines, too, do you feel that CD-ROM interactive media is going to be the forum for the future for B-movie producers? or? Right. You don't. Now, why I is don't that? I think so. I think the form for your low-budget movie producers will continue to be low-budget uh, pictures as such. I'm not positive it will be home video as such. I think digital compact discs okay. will come out, which will may still be home video, but it will right. be a different format. Right. Eventually, there'll be pay-per-view and various other mm-hmm. channels. Universe, I doubt. Some more cable? Yes, more, much more okay. cable. Do you think that the cost of, of producing CD-ROM or interactive media is, um, since it's escalated quite a bit in the last couple of years, do you think that that's going to be a hindrance? A hindrance I for think it will be a hindrance, but I think the cost will then reverse and come down okay. as the uh, equipment gets, becomes, better. gets better and gets cheaper, right. which has been, uh, you can just look at 
computers. Right. And I think the same thing will happen there. I'm not saying there will not be a market for CD-ROMs. Uh -huh. uh, I just would not say it will be the market. I okay. think uh, it will be an additional market. I think uh, people making low-budget motion pictures will still have the greatest income from low-budget like motion pictures, but they will have a substantial additional income from CD-ROMs okay. or whatever the latest development. Right. Okay. Okay. Okay, of course, I have to ask you, who are your favorite femme fatales? Um, you must have some favorites. Okay, I, uh, well, see, I would go back uh, to somewhat older and go back because I think you picked these uh, at an earlier age. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was a teenager. I would have to say Lauren Bacall. Oh, yes, absolutely. Lauren Bacall. Beautiful woman. Yeah, Lauren Bacall. There was another woman at the time. There was something of a star. And that was even remembered. I think she didn't last as long. Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth Scott. Elizabeth Scott. Okay. Yeah, but I'd say Lauren Bacall was probably of that earlier age, I would say. She Lauren did. Bacall, Elizabeth Scott, and a couple of others. These, uh, and then Veronica Lake. I always make a joke. I was Veronica Lake in my past life. Everyone yeah. else says, You look like Veronica Lake. Right. I hear that a lot. Yeah, I would say, and Gloria Graham was another. Oh, I'm not familiar with Gloria Graham. Uh, she did more uh, V pictures. Oh, she did. Okay. The other three were, we're doing, the, uh, uh, doing major studios. Work. So I would say those four. What about actresses that you've worked with? Okay. If you, ha if you had a pick of the ones that you've worked with, who was, who who's dear in your heart? Um, I would I would pick I I'll just say I I pick the actresses we're working with now. Mm -hmm. I would pick Joan Severance, yes. who was uh, Black Scorpion. I would pick uh, Maria Ford, Maria who's Ford. done a lot of films for us. Uh, I would pick Lisa Boyle. Oh, uh huh. Interesting, Lisa Boyle. Some films for us. Playboy Playmate, right? Yeah. Uh, give me some names, and I will remember it. Of people. JJ North. JJ North. I was a matter of fact. That was what I was going to say. And then I withdrew JJ North on the basis that although she's got a great figure and is very beautiful. She's not a femme fatale as right. such. She's more a big, sexy, yeah. wholesome I hear what girl. You're saying. Yeah. But you could call her a kind of. She doesn't have that dark side to yes, her. Yes, right. You could say if there's such a thing as a wholesome femme fatale, <laughs> I would then say JJ. That's JJ Right. Okay. All right. That's good. Um, <clears throat> what is your opinion of female roles in science fiction fantasy films? And do you think there's been any progress or improvement with the quality of roles for women over the past 25 years within the genre? Okay, I think uh, there are not enough roles for women mm -hmm. in science fiction because I think most of the fans and writers right. are men who are interested in science and they write more okay. of them for men and the women generally becomes the sex object or the victim. Right. And only goes in on that basis. The concept of a woman could be a scientist or something else right. has taken time to come into play. Right. But 
I would say that there has been some progress. If mm-hmm. you to look at women in science fiction films, there are more roles for them than today and 25 sure. years ago. And although many of them, and I've done it myself, <laughs> have been sex objects. Right. Also, more of them have been protagonists and scientists. For instance, in Kansai, Some kind of lizard. This is a question for Bill. Would you consider Wasp Woman to be a feminist fable? Supposing a more powerful form of royal jelly could be obtained. From the Queen Wasp, for example. Socially, the Queen Wasp is on level with a black widow spider. Oh, no, 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 no. There might be danger. Sponsoring a scientist with fantastic theories and demanding fantastic results. How old do I look? Tell me! How old? 23? Enzymes. The enzymes, they're, they're going crazy. Miss Darling will kill her and tear her body to shreds. <laughs> 
Yes. Okay. Uh, in so far, as we've done it twice now. Right. The second one uh, for Showtime. Right. For Susan Cabot playing the first one, mm-hmm. and um, Jennifer Rubin playing the second one, we portray as a woman executive in a male industry. Okay. In fact, the first one was done in the 1950s. I mean, we were in a time when there were very few women executives. Very few, right. So the picture was even more noticeable as a feminist statement then than it is now. I was deliberately made so. Yet at the same time, in order to get some conflict, mm-hmm. we made her the symbol of her own cosmetic company. So that as she aged, right. her pictures didn't look as good as the model and symbol of her company. And she was faced with a problem that men, that everybody has, who get old, we don't look so good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hate but, that. Right. <laughs> but men can get away with it right. easier because they're judged less on their looks. So it was really a very strong feminist statement saying that women can be executives in the 1950s who did it, and again, it's all the same uh, concept now, but they have the handicap of being a woman and the additional handicap of women that are thought of as more desirable as being young and beautiful, and we translated this into a business business problem. She then solves it, but as with uh, Connoisseur and as with most uh, from Jurassic Park, back to whatever, um, tampering with, the, uh, fooling with Mother Nature or whatever, always good. <laughs> I could uh, connect it with my picture, X Man with X Ray Eyes, right. that I did in the early 60s with Will Milan. August 14th, notes on experiment designated X. Experimental subject, myself, James Xavier. X. The most fantastic experiment you have ever taken part in presents Ray Moland in his most challenging role since his Academy Award-winning Lost Weekend. X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Are you all right? It's like a splitting of the world. More light than I've ever seen. Filled with light. X. The man with the X-ray eyes tries to help the most desperate in our society and enjoys all the delights of secretly studying sexology. Headache? No, it's just my eyes. A doctor with the power to see what others cannot believe. He can overcome the unknown, save lives, and invade the glamour gambling casinos of Las Vegas and defy the goddess of chance. Don't draw. Don't draw. Next card's a face card. And Harry, you better go for the sheriff right now.
sleeve. No! No! Like a male scientist who, again, tampers with nature and meets a bad end. So in each case, we have a scientist or somebody connected with the scientist using science to achieve an end that is beyond what can normally achieve, achieve, but in each case it goes wrong. Right. Yeah, always. Okay, that's good. Um, The last woman on Earth. On an island of tropical splendor, these three must make their own world, their own new code of morals. Where are you going? To Evelyn. And so, to bed. We are married, you know, Martin. Increasing tensions reveal the driving, forceful possessiveness of the gambler. Please don't. And the contrasting, sensitive understanding of the lawyer. Creating a triangle. Dangerous and violent. (laughs) The last woman on earth born to bear the brand of two men. Ask me, though, Martin. I need you to ask me. All right, Ev, I do want you with me. So he's leaving, and not just because of what he did to you. Did to me? Harold, Martin didn't rape me. That's enough. Uh, give me a behind-the-scenes commentary, and um, Robert Town, who wrote your script, Robert is there, there's a story that goes with that? Yes. Uh, uh, I was doing two pictures back-to-back in Puerto Rico. Okay. When I do, two, I do a picture on location, uh, I like to do a second picture, sure. because I've already paid the transportation and everything, everything else, else, right? And advertise it over two pictures. So I was doing a World War II picture. I was learning camera technique and right. cutting 
and all of that very quickly and frankly very easily possibly because of my engineering background. Absolutely. But I really didn't know very much about acting. Uh, and I felt the only thing to do is just as I studied engineering and that and now it's why with the film, I could study acting and uh, I was uh, dating a young actress uh, who became uh, quite well known on television, Abby Dalton. Uh-huh. And Abby was studying with Jack Corey. Okay. And she said, you should study with Jack. Now, she was in the advanced class, so I deliberately went into the uh, beginning right. class. Were Jack Nicholson, Bob Town, Sally Pellerman, Bert Convy, and a number of other people who've gone on wow. to do quite well. It was a very good class. Must have been. And, uh, <laughs> they were talented people, and I think Jeff, who is still teaching, although he's quite old now, he teaches only a few people in right. his mouth. I think he's one of the greatest directing uh, teachers that Hollywood has had. Right, absolutely. So did you ever do any scene work with uh, Jack Nicholson? Yeah, you yeah I, I actually went with everybody. Oh, that's good. That was the that's whole great. Point. I mean, everybody was working with everybody. That's great. Oh, that's, that's great. That's a fun. Is that where you, you later cast Jack in what, which one of the Poe films, right? Uh, yes, he played Peter Lorre's son in um, The Raven. The Raven, that's right, The Raven. And that was really his first film, right? So he had done a couple of other films. Oh, he had films done a couple of them, okay. is the soft, cold caress of the raven's wing. Ooh. Your hands are so cold. A woman whose desires transcend reality. The mysterious powers of black magic. These you will explore. Now, what is it you need? You got some dried blood off a bath in the house? The raven will take you careening through the darkest of dangers into the ominous mystery of a master magician's evil castle. <gasps> Afraid, my dear? I offer you a choice. The secret of your hand manipulations or this against this. This is no answer. Very well, then. A duel to the death. Prior to that? Yes. Which, which were... He did Crybaby Killer, in which he was a teenager who held some people hostage in a driver. That's great. <laughs> and how old was he then? About 20, I think. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, so you already answered my question on Fantastic Four. So we're going to ask that. Um, uh, Bill would like to know this. Uh, Zippy's, you had a film called Zippy's Clown Palace? Zippy's Clown Palace. And you changed uh, it to Strip Teaser. Strip Teaser with Maria Floyd. Okay.
In the heat of the night lies a fine line between pleasure and pain, love and lust, fear and desire. Strip teaser. did you change the name from um, from Clown Palace to Scripture? Uh, we do a lot of uh, market research on our titles. Oh, you do? Okay. And, That's uh, fine. Zipper's Clown Palace. Didn't score uh, on. <laughs> uh, we put three or four titles with it, and you can imagine it was beaten by all, all of them. It, <laughs> it, ran, it ran wild. I like Zippy. I <laughs> You've done some cameos as an actor now. A recently in Apollo... Apollo 13, 13 and some other ones. Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, this is really only pretty much the directors who started with me or who I, who I right. met and know. I think the first one was uh, Francis Coppola, who had to play a senator in Godfather. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember who I played it. It was in the strange roles, except for one. Oh, it's about the one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the senator and the Godfather are just turning in a picture for Paul Wabartel. Then for Jonathan Demings, I was aware of an aircraft factory, a businessman, and the head of the FBI, the head of the FBI oh. in Lance and Lambs. And a Wait, were you really in South Yeah, a very small wall. Oh, I have to go back and watch this now. It's just on for a moment. Oh, but that's uh, great. That's a great film. And then uh, uh, a business executive in Philadelphia. And then the uh, sir for Ron Howard and Apollo 13. Right. It was Joe Dante somewhere along the line said, I've seen you, you know, Senator, District Attorney, lawyer, Head of the FBI. I've got a part. Or bum on the street who is making a phone call and tying up a paid phone with a long, drunken, shuddering conversation believing you have got to get to the phone in order to call for help. I said, I'm your man, Joe. That's great, great. So did you get all scrappy and yeah, three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, the first take, he said, Roger, that was good, but I've just got a great idea. Let's do it again. And this will also slow up the girl because she thinks when you hang up, you're done and you're not done. But it'll also be a funny moment when you hang up, you start to leave the phone booth, then turn and go back and feel to see if you got your coin back. <laughs> 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 and, 
great. Some replied comment on my filmmaking Just a little bit. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, okay, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Roger Corn because we're with Showtime. <clears throat> you did pull one as well. A sleepy resort town. Have I missed anything? Back in the world, nothing. Is about to be awakened. Come get me. Something is in the water. If they had drowned in here, wouldn't their bodies be floating on top by now? Your hand, take it out of the water. Something terrible. <laughs> that feeds on human flesh. Did you train the bulls? Yeah. No! They'll kill all of us. Piranha. Just how dangerous are they? They kill more people every year than sharks do. They'll attack anything that moves. We gotta get to the resort and the kids' camp, and we gotta get those people evacuated. Okay, kids, time for the water competition. This project is going ahead as planned. There are kids down there. The piranha are coming. Imagine that. The piranha. What about the damn piranha? They're eating the guests, sir. Piranha. Yes. When they gave you this list of films that they wanted to remake, were you at all disappointed with some of their choices? Or some other things that maybe you would have done instead? I made only one thought, and that was, I said, I've already remarried Not of this earth, right. because this is science fiction, why not attack the crowd marks? On an isolated Pacific island, the Navy lands a party of daring scientists to solve the mysterious disappearance of an entire atomic research team. Strange horror strikes first at the flame that brought them. And then, earth-shattering tremors begin tearing the island to shreds. Okay, Professor, how are the crabs blowing up the island? I am not sure. But imagine they are able to send out arcs of heat. They are packed with it. They can melt and fuse parts of the cabin, explode the materials contained, and bring about the slimes. There used to be ridges there for maybe two miles. Nowadays, less than half a city block. Soon we will have nowhere to run. Fathoms deep among the terrors of the mighty Pacific, daring skin divers brave undersea perils that stagger the imagination. Here are monsters with razor-sharp claws that hand grenades and dynamite cannot stop. Or searing fire and flames nor tons of crushing rocks as mankind faces its last desperate chance. Oh, I was just going to ask you that. You're yeah. a mind reader. Yeah, That's a great movie. It seemed to me unnatural for this kind of thing. They said no. Are you going to do a remake of a tour for the Crab Monsters? I probably will. I think we will remake it. I'm going to remake a Galactic Crab Monsters. And I think now, oh, in the comic book, Death Race 2020, right. it has been one of our highest sellers. Right. So I think I will do Death Race 2020.
my fellow citizens of this great country of ours, the United Corporations of America. Now this is all about freedom. The freedom to sit on your big fat ass all day and watch the singly greatest sporting event known to man. Welcome to the death race. Ready for one last dance. We are moments away from the starting gun. Our racers are scored on total time and combined pedestrian fatalities. With 10 points for an adult, double that for a child, and a whopping 50 points for the senior set. This year, cutting-edge technology from UCA puts you, the whole viewer, in the passenger seat in stunning virtual reality. They cut my feet. What about Frankenstein? I think Frankenstein will be extinct tomorrow. Are you ready? Let's score these fuckers. Just for the record, my hair, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs>